morning. Welcome to each and every one of you as the Calvary family this morning. So glad to worship with you both in the room and for those of you tuning in as a part of our online family. Welcome this morning. We're so glad that you're with us. Look, I know that it's a new year and yet in the new year, there's still things that everybody is working through in our world. Uh, We just want you to know that we're glad that you're here. Um, We believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And we hope that as you're journeying through your life and you're figuring out what God has for you in these days, we hope that you'll be a part of our family. If you're in the room today um, and you're new to us, thank you for taking the time to worship with us. Um, Do us a favor, and at the conclusion of the service today, make sure you stop by our welcome desk and say hello, as well as those of you who are online. Thank you for being with us. We're glad that you've tuned in as well today. Um, Today I'm going to talk about what it means to have um, a God-given vision for your life. A God-given vision. You see, a God-given vision for your life, it will guide you when seasons change, times change, when difficulties come. When you know where you're going or you know where you want to go, that God has spoken to your heart, then it doesn't matter what happens in the details of the moments. You're still going to arrive at the destination that God has spoken to your heart. That's the power of a God-given vision. Now, at Calvary, uh, here at Calvary, we know who we are and we know where we're headed. Our our vision at Calvary is, for those of you that have been around for a while, we, we call ourselves a family of faith. And we are a family of faith that does what? We're a family of faith that lives on mission with Jesus to change our world. We know who we are. We know who we're with and we know where we're headed. So that guides us in all seasons of life. This morning, as a matter of fact, for those of you online, you won't realize um, the difficulties and the the challenges that we've overcome in the most recent season. But for those sitting in the room today, uh, you see another addition to progress and also to overcoming difficulties. Because this morning, um, your feet are on carpet, not on pavement, right? Um, That's a big deal, right? And over the last season of life, you know, as we battled through pandemics and and we battled through storms and hurricanes, a God-given vision will guide you in the midst of difficult seasons. Again, you know where you're going, you know who you're with, you know what you want to accomplish. And so this morning, um, there's another step for us in the room of us recreating, rebirthing, renewing, refreshing our house so that we can use it for the glory of Jesus. That's what we're doing. Uh, new roof on our building as of last week, new carpet. There's a couple of other things that you'll see in the weeks ahead that we're going to talk about that are pretty special. If you drive by the church now at night, so I don't know if you've done that within the last week, um, but if you've driven by the church at night during the last week, it's all lit up. It's beautiful. Um, a friend of mine took a picture of it, sent it to me. He's like, Pastor, the church looks amazing. And that's a commitment that we've had to do the right things because this is our house. This is what God has given to us. And we're using that even in the midst of very challenging seasons. Now, now I realize that even in our world, still, there, there are things that are happening. You know, there's a lot of unrest, a lot of difficulty. Um, I think there's a new variant out called Megatron. Um, it's, it's named after the Decepticon, right? And so... You're always dealing with something in your world. There's always going to be something. But, but today when we talk about a God-given vision, when God has spoken to your heart and you know the good things that God has for you as his child, his voice and his direction is going 
to guide you and help you navigate the seasons of life that you walk through. And if there is a preferred reality, a future that he has spoken to your heart that is good, that you know, and you have goals that you have set to achieve that, then when you walk through pandemics, challenges, storms, whatever it may be, and the chapters for your life begin to unfold, and you're not sure how that piece plays in, the God-given vision is going to guide you. Here at Calvary, the way we express that and the way that we reflect that and the way that we help you achieve that um, is, is it happens in multiple ways. For example, this week we started Group Link last week. It's today helping you connect in community, in groups is very important to us because we know that building relationships with people that will help you achieve and follow God's vision for your life is very important. During this last season of the world, haven't we realized that isolation just doesn't work? It doesn't work for people, and it especially doesn't work for the children of God. And so that's why we do community. It's why this past week we launched Wednesday nights. You mean, Pastor, you launched Wednesday night Bible studies again in the midst of this mandate and this shutdown? Absolutely. Because our faith is in the one who guides our lives, and he is the one, and his people are the ones that help us, with wisdom, of course, and practicing good things. But gathering with God's people and determining God's voice and his direction is more important than everything else. Because when things end, God's people will be better off because they listened to his voice and desired to achieve his vision, his purpose for their existence. That's why we do all the things that we do around here for children for students and also for you as adults. And so today, I want to give you a couple of verses. First of all, I want to go to Proverbs. Now, we're going to go to Proverbs this morning to begin, Proverbs chapter 29. So I'm going to let you begin to turn there. One verse, um, for those of you who are taking the Proverbs journey with me, um, there is a chapter a day um, that you can read in Proverbs, you know, so that you're able to, if you're like, okay, how do I begin to read God's Word? How do I begin to apply God's Word to my life? Well, Proverbs is a great book, and basically throughout this first couple of months of the year, what I've determined to do in part of my personal quiet time and relationship with God is take the chapter for the day. And as we take the chapter for the day, and you read that chapter of Proverbs for the um, corroborating day on the calendar, you're able then to say, okay, what is God saying to me today from his word? Well, one of the great Proverbs that we'll read today is from the 29th chapter. Um, many of you will know this one. I've read this one before, and of course, we haven't gotten to the 29th day yet, but I, I think this is so important when you think about God's vision and direction for your life. Proverbs 29, verse 18, King James Version, it says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he, she, that person that keepeth the law, happy is he. Happy is she. Happy is that person. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Uh, another translation, perhaps you've read, maybe your translation says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Unrestrained means that you don't know where you're going. You're out of control. Um, you're kind of flowing with the times, flowing with your feelings and emotions. You have no compass that really directs you on how to get to where God wants you to go, much less where you genuinely want to be yourself. When you don't have a vision, that's what life is like. It's wandering. You're not able to achieve because you don't know what it is you're trying to achieve. 
And yet when you hear the voice of God and God gives you his vision, his direction, um, his goals, his purpose for your life, when you have that as your anchor, as your compass, then you know exactly where you're going and the waves will come, the storms will blow through, and yet you don't lose direction. You have a direction, but when you don't have that, the Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. They're unrestrained. They don't know where to go. They get restless. They get lost on secondary issues instead of focusing on what is most important to get them to where they need to be. Vision. It's important for each of us to understand God's vision for our life. Happy is he or she, that person that keeps the law. Real happiness, real contentment, real purpose is in following the word of God that he's spoken to your life. When you follow the word of God that he's spoken to your life, that sense of direction, that sense of purpose, that sense of this is what I know is pleasing to God in my relationship with him. When we follow that, we find true happiness. We find true purpose. We find true meaning. We are able to persevere, to overcome, to get better when those around us continue to fall apart. It's the power of having vision. And one of the great examples of vision in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and in the New, is Abraham. Abraham is known as the father of faith. In other words, he's one of those great examples in Scripture that we have talked about before in church. But he's one of those great examples of people who trusted God in the midst of every season of his life. You actually get this wonderful record in the Old Testament of Abraham, how he battled through and journeyed through all seasons of life, and yet he maintained faith. He trusted God when it was good. He trusted God when it was confusing. He trusted God when he messed up and he made bad choices. He always kept his faith in the Lord, and the Lord got him to the place that God promised to take him. That's how faith works, and that's the power of having a vision. So I want to read today from Hebrews chapter 11 about Abraham. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start with verse 8. We're going to read to verse 16. Just a, a snapshot of Hebrews chapter 11. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is called the chapter of faith. And if you're ever curious about people like yourself, how did they have faith? What did they have to battle through in the moments of their life? How do I have faith? Hebrews chapter 11 is a great chapter to read about that. Chapter 12 is a great follow-up to it. We're only going to take a snapshot of it today, though, from chapter 11, verse 8. And this is what the Bible says. By faith, and that's the first and foremost part for all of our lives. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. He would later receive. As his inheritance. He obeyed and he went. Even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. As did Isaac and Jacob. Who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations. Whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, Sarah, that's his wife, 
Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people, while still living by faith when they died, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. And if they had been thinking of the country that they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, look at this, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city, a place for them. Now, when I read this passage, I think this passage echoes what we read in Proverbs chapter 29. Um, when you don't have a vision, you don't know where to go. But when God gives you a vision, when God speaks to your heart a vision for your life, it gives you a sense of purpose. It gives you goals to shoot for. It gives you a direction to navigate through the ups and downs of life because you see something that God has said for your life that you know more than anything else you have to chase after, you have to believe in, you have to seek to achieve and attain because that's what God has said to you as his child. I use the word vision and faith interchangeably many times because faith, as you go on and read at the end of chapter 11, the beginning of chapter 12, it is this hope for things that you do not see, the substance of things that you believe for. It's the actual reality of what you're hoping for and what you want to achieve, but you don't see it. That's what faith is. What a great definition given from Scripture. Vision is that. Vision is being able to see what no one else sees. Being able to trust what God can do in spite of the world around you. Vision is believing that God has directed your path and spoken a direction for you even when it may not make sense. And when we look at the passage today, I think that you as a follower of God, a child of God, or a person that's trying to figure out your direction, I think that you're going to see what we all need in our life in these days to be able to redeem the time, to be able to use our time well, to be able to redeem the time when the world seems like it's falling apart. What we need to be able to do that is a God-spoken vision, one where God has given us a vision for our lives. Here's the life lesson today. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to take your pen, write it down, um, because this will guide you, hopefully, this week as you begin to search and pray for God's vision for your life. Last week during worship, Carly did something amazing, and I, I was worshiping with you last week as Pastor Bo brought the word, and didn't he do a great job talking about hope? How do you redeem the time? You have to find and focus on hope, because there's a lot of discouraging, bad news, but our hope is in the Lord. What a great message. And then we talked about 
the first week of the year. How do we redeem the time? We work on our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is the first thing to help us redeem the time. But today I want to talk to you about a God-given vision. Because when God gives you a vision, you know how to redeem the time. So the life lesson is this. A God-given vision, it gives purpose, direction, and fulfillment in my life. A God-given vision, it gives purpose, direction, and fulfillment in life. When you think about your life and the need for God to speak His vision, His direction, His future into your life, it's very important because it gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us a sense of direction. And it gives us fulfillment as we walk through our lives searching for His will and His best for our time, our days. If you think about life, what do we spend most of our life doing? We spend our life working. And there are seasons of life where you will find great purpose in your work. And then there are other times where you're going to do work and it's just work. <laughs> and you're going to wake up and you're like, I don't want to go to work today. Or something may change in your job. Um, a boss may change or an employee or a relationship or your pay may change. And all of a sudden you might find that your purpose in your job may not be as fulfilling as it once was. What about when you think about relationships in life, relationships in life, you know, who you're with, who you're going to marry, um, what are you going to do when your relationships don't work out the way that they want? How do you, how do you navigate that? Well, a God-given vision allows you to pick and know God's destination for your relationships and therefore, your relationships that you have, God allows you to navigate them and plan together in those relationships for the best outcome. I never meet anyone who gets married thinking, let's get divorced. Never once, right? And then, usually when someone goes through divorce, I never meet someone who gets divorced who says, I can't wait to get married again, right? We see that happen all the time, but yet I've worked with families and people and friends, even here in this church, who have seen God's best even in difficult situations when they didn't expect those situations to come because they said, well, God has spoken this truth over my life. God has given me a vision for my life, and therefore I'm going to commit to what God says, whether it's in this relationship that I'm in or the one that I didn't expect. I'm going to ask God to give me the best and seek the best. It will guide our relationships. It will guide our jobs. You think about how most people find fulfillment. Um, maybe right now you're in the New Year's push and you're thinking, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose the 20, 20, 20, uh, the 20, 20, 20 pounds, right? And the 20, 21, 21 pounds. So I got 41 pounds to lose, right? And so maybe that's how you're thinking right now. Um, but to achieve that, right, you have to have a vision for that. You have to have a goal to say, you know what, uh, I'm going to lose those pounds and you'll never lose them in a week. You might lose them over the next year. You'll lose them as you get a vision for, okay, this is what health looks like for me, for you, whatever you choose. And therefore, I'm going to go after it, even on the cheat days, even on the days when the ice cream looks really, really good, right? So for all things in life, it requires that we have to see where we want to be. And that has to be so important for us. 
could be your health, could be your finances, your relationships, your job. It has to be so important that we allow God to speak to that, to guide that, and therefore we hold on to that even when things are hard. And that is the lesson of faith that Abraham teaches us. Abraham was a person just like you, just like me. He had real desires, real challenges, real problems, real success stories. He's just like you and I. And in all the seasons of life that he had, what did he do? He trusted the Lord, and the Lord gave him a sense of purpose in his life, gave him direction when he needed it, and he gave him the fulfillment of knowing that all the promises of God will be fulfilled in his life, in your life, at exactly the right time. When I look at this lesson, how can I, how can you learn to have a God-given vision for our lives? When I look at 2022, last week Carly said, what is it that you're trusting God for this year? What is it that you're trusting God for this year? What is it that you're asking God to do in your life this year? What is it that genuinely in your relationship with God that you are asking, praying, seeking, searching for Him to give clarity to in 2022? Well, for us to achieve any of that as a part of a vision, a God-given vision, it always begins with our walk with God. And the first way that you can achieve your God-given vision, that God would speak and give you a picture and a portrait of what He's trying to do in your life, it begins when you walk with Him. As we talked about the first Sunday of the year, it's building your relationship with Him. As much as you would build up your finances, your relationships, your body, you also then work and carve out a portion of your day and your time to build your relationship with God and to walk with Him. When I think about Abraham, Abraham's journey of faith is described as a walk. A walk. Now, a walk... Sometimes we're walking from point A to point B. Sometimes we're running from point A to point B. And sometimes in life, I am guilty of this. Usually in life, sometimes I can be running so hard from point A to point B that I miss the details. I miss the importance of the journey. I miss the moments to breathe, the moments to see the beauty of what God is doing because sometimes in life we're forced or we desire to get so quickly to the next destination that we're missing the walk. Abraham's journey of faith is described as a walk. He walked with God. And if you go back and you look in Genesis at the life of Abraham, there are recorded a lot of chapters, a lot of details in his walk with God. Some of them are amazing moments where God intervenes. Some of those are great mistakes where Abraham slipped up and Sarah slipped up, and you see those. But God did not exclude them. It was a part of their journey. It was a part of their walk. And for us to attain God's vision for our life, we have to walk with Him each day. Each day, each season, each chapter, each moment. And to walk with God means, genuinely, that we're building our relationship with Him. I was asked a great question this week um, about people's belief in God. And basically the person this week said, okay, so what makes this person's belief different from someone else's belief in God? 
It's a great question because what makes one vision that God gives different from another vision that God gives? And as I was talking with this person, because basically what they were wanting to say is, how is Christianity different than any other religion in the world? If someone feels close to God this way and someone else feels close to God that way, well, how can you discern which one is right and which one is wrong? Aren't they all the same? And as I dove into that dialogue with this person, uh, my first question always is, well, do you want to hear the answer or are you just asking a fun question? Well, I'd really like to know the answer. And I said, well, then the answer is truth. Which one points to more of the truth? Which one is more consistent with the character of God and how he loves people and which one is not? And as we dove in, I was able to say only the Bible is going to point you toward a God that loves you, that desires the best for you, and that wants to walk in relationship with you. You see, every other religion is about our efforts to please God. But Christianity is about God's effort to reach you. About God's desire to remove every barrier which we have in ourselves to keep us from holiness with him, a good relationship. God sent his son Christ Jesus to remove the barriers so that we could get to God. So we could have a relationship with God. Why? Because God loves us that much. As we talked about that, one of the things that's evident about the Christian faith is that God desires to walk with you. He desires to talk with you. He desires to spend each day in your life speaking to you and you speaking back with him. It is genuinely a relationship. When I read this passage about Abraham, by faith, when he was called to go to a place that he would later receive his inheritance, he obeyed and he went even though he didn't know where he was going. In other words, when God was speaking to him, it was that important, that vision was that important that he trusted in his Savior. He trusted in the Lord. He trusted in the Eternal Father to guide him. And that's where his faith began to change his life. He went on a walk with God. And that's what his life was like at that point. Trusting God. A God-given vision always begins with your walk with God. Always. It always begins with the reality that God is going to speak. God is going to reach. God is going to try to get our attention. But you only go on a walk with God if you're willing to say, Okay, God, that's where you said go. I'll go. Otherwise, God's going. That's what he wants. That's where he's going to be. But if we don't participate, then we're going in circles. We don't have a direction. We're not participating in what he has for us. And therefore, we miss out on his best. God called to him, and Abraham said, Okay, I'll go with you. I'll walk with you. I will trust you, which is the word of faith. The second thing that I think is very important when I think about God's vision for our lives that I learned from Abraham is not only that it's important for me to work, for you to work, for us to work on our walk with God each and every day, but it's very important to have a sense of purpose. And where do I find purpose in life? How does a God-given vision give me purpose in life? in the midst of my job, in the midst of my relationships, in the midst of what I do. How do I find purpose in that? You find purpose in the promises of God. You find purpose in what He has already spoken. 
And that way, in the midst of perhaps days that are mundane, seasons that are challenging, things that you go, okay, I don't know where you're at, God. Am I doing, am I accomplishing your purpose for life? When you have a vision, you know that you're accomplishing his purpose for your life, even in every detail. Why? Because he already spoke the promise. To Abraham, what's interesting is the story of Abraham begins with God calling Abraham and saying, Abraham, I want to take you to a place that you've never seen, and I want to give you a land that you can't realize right now, and I want to give you descendants that you don't even have. God went ahead and gave the promise. The rest of the chapter of Abraham's life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a venture and say, you probably feel the same about your life as well. The rest of the chapters of his life are about fulfilling the details to get to what God already promised. Do you realize that in your life it's no different? When you are trusting the Lord and you know he's called you his child because you have placed your faith in the hands of the Savior Jesus to rescue your soul, then he's already placed his mark on you as a child. You are saved forever eternally. You have a home in heaven. And if he said, I'm going to bless you, which is what he says to his children that trust him, then the rest of it is just fulfilling details. It's literally, okay, I know who I am and I know what he says he's going to do. So the rest of it now is me believing him in the midst of everything else. When you're going through that moment of raising children and you desire for your children to accomplish things that you have laid out for them. You want God to bless your children, your grandchildren. When you want God to bless your opportunities with your job or your relationships or the recreational things that you enjoy. Finding God in those details by walking with Him and recognizing there's purpose here. There's purpose in this. That will bring you this great sense of knowing he's at work in the details. This passage tells us that Abraham, by faith, listen to this, he made his home in the promised land, but it wasn't his land yet, as a stranger in a foreign country. Listen, he lived in tents, and he did so with Isaac and Jacob. When I read this passage, here's what I realize. He's living in a land that's been promised, but it's not his yet. And even his children and his future grandchildren are toiling. They're living in tents. So they're not living in mansions. They're not living in palaces. You would think that God gave him the promise, right? God gave him the promise, this is your land. You're going to have all these descendants. I'm promising you this. Well, you would think that many of us, perhaps, even, well, God, you promised this, but I don't see it yet. So I'm going to quit. Maybe you lied. Maybe, maybe you're not going to give this to me. But what do you see Abraham doing? He's working. He's striving. He's using his time living in a tent in the land that God's already promised will belong to him and to all of his descendants before he even has all these descendants. And his two kids are there with him. And yet he doesn't see all these descendants. What's he doing? He's holding on to a promise. So I want to ask you a question this morning. As you're walking with God, and as you ask yourself, God, what is the vision that you have for my life that you would speak to me? Are there some promises that deep within your soul you know God has spoken to you, and you're clinging to those promises? I mean, I, 
I can think of a lot of promises that God gives to his children. The promise of forgiveness. Are you thankful that you are clean because of Jesus today? That you are forgiven because of Jesus? I can think of the promise of the blessing of a home, a mansion in heaven. Are you grateful for the reality that if you have trusted in Jesus, there is no doubt, there is no maybe. If you have Christ, you have a guaranteed home in heaven. Jesus promised it. And if you trust in him, that's a promise. It's going to be there. So in this earth, you may be living in a tent, maybe figuratively, or maybe that's what it feels like to you. But this isn't your home. You know there's something greater. What about your relationships? Um, this morning, I, I sent my son. He's, he's um, trying out for a, a, a team to play at the next level in his life. And, and I sent him uh, just a, a word from Scripture this morning from First Chronicles, uh, a prayer that I pray for him. And, and that prayer said, um, Jabez prayed and he said, God, I want you to bless me and I want you to bless me indeed. And I want you to expand my opportunities and I want you to keep me from harm, First Chronicles chapter 4, if you want to go look it up. And um, I sent that to him. Why? Because sometimes the reality of the moment doesn't look like the blessing, but when you're asking God, God, I want you to bless me indeed. Well, isn't that a promise? God, I want you to bless me indeed. What's funny is when I believe and I hold on to the promises that God has given, then that God-given vision that I have and my walk with Him begin to enable me to trust in the promise of God regardless of what I see in the moment. Isn't that good? And Abraham was able to trust in the promises of God even though he's dwelling in a tent. How's your tent looking today? But have you thanked God for the tent? Have you thanked God, for the place in which you dwell, the job that you have, the relationships that you have right now. Because the promise of God only comes to fulfillment. The vision of God only guides us when we're thankful for the promises that he's given that we know are true right now. And that helps navigate. That helps guide us. It did it for Abraham, for Isaac, and Jacob. They were searching for something whose architect was God. So immediately they're looking, going, man, God, this tent, I hope you can do better than this, God, right? And God obviously could, obviously would, because Abraham trusted him. You see, walking with God allows us to find purpose in the midst of our life because we're holding on to promises. You don't lose your purpose when it becomes mundane, when you don't see the results, when you're working through challenges and difficulty. There's as much purpose in being someone who works blue-collar, white-collar, ministry. It doesn't matter. You could be a firefighter. You could be a fisherman. You could be working in insurance or contracting. You could be a financial person. Um, it doesn't matter what you do. Many of you have different careers and different opportunities here around this city. There is great purpose in what we do as people. As a matter of fact, and many people, I'll tell them all the time, look, there's great purpose in what you do. I realize that some people are like, well, pastor, it's easy for you. Man, you've got to have purpose because... Because you're the preacher, and preachers always have purpose. Well, only when they keep their eyes on the vision and the goal that God has spoken for them, but also to help you as the people of God understand there is great purpose in public service. 
There is great purpose in being a mom and guiding your children and your grandchildren. There is great purpose in what you do. But where do you find it? By focusing on the promise of God. And it's not about how much you have or how little you have. It's about holding on to his promise. It's what Abraham did. And it guided him throughout his life, gave him a sense of direction. There's a third thing that I think helps us as we're looking at having a God-given vision for our life. And a God-given vision, um, we discover it when we walk with God. Um, It means something when we find our purpose in his promises. And thirdly, we're going to find satisfaction when we seek. Satisfaction with seeking. What was Abraham doing during his life? He was searching for what he did not see. But he had satisfaction in searching for what he did not see. Uh, I was talking to a friend before church earlier today. um, And today is um, his late wife's birthday. And, And so today has meaning for him because it's a it's a challenging day and i remembered that he told me that last week next sunday will be hard pastor because i've lost someone that i love dearly spent his whole life with this person and she would be 70 today but you know what i would pass on to him when you have a god-given vision that's given because of your relationship with jesus and because of the love that god has for us Yeah, there's going to be some seeking through the rest of this life, but that seeking is going to be met with satisfaction because they knew Christ together and there will be a holy, heavenly reunion that's going to be a beautiful thing that his soul will be satisfied. And though he seeks in the moments of this generation, the moments of this life, he's seeking with a hope, with a faith, with a desire and a vision for something greater that is out there. And guess what? That hope, that vision, that desire is going to be met with the promise of God of salvation for him, for his wife. And he will be satisfied once again. Satisfaction in life happens when we as people seek after the promises and the things that God has spoken. Abraham, the Bible tells us, he was satisfied in his journey. He found satisfaction in the walk. He found moments where God was deeply present and God was greatly at work. But he found that as he was seeking a home that was not of this world. He was seeking for what God had promised and he welcomed it at a distance. He admitted that, hey, I'm, a, I'm an alien, a stranger, a foreigner here on this earth. But what I'm looking for, what I'm searching for It's greater than anything I have right now. And that gave him a sense of satisfaction. And it will do the same for you and I as we navigate through the seasons of life. Through new variants, new sicknesses, new opportunities, new jobs, changing of times, all of that. You will find a sense of soul satisfaction when you are busy seeking for God's purpose, vision, will, and direction for your life. There's nothing more satisfying than that there's nothing more satisfying than finding yourself constantly in relationship and walk with God holding on to his promises and searching for what he would do and say in your life next all while you're on the journey with the vision for what he set out before you that's what happened for Abraham and that's what happens in our lives if we want to have that sense of satisfaction in what we do 
in who we're with, in where we're headed, in why we're doing it. That's how we find it. It's a God-given vision that allows us to get there. And the final thing, the last thing, that I think is beautiful from this passage, it's a great testament to Abraham's faith, and it's a great reminder of the importance of a God-given vision in our lives, how we can redeem our time. Ultimately, there is fulfillment in this world, but it's fulfillment by Him. Ultimately, there is fulfillment in this world, but it is our fulfillment by Him. I, I know that you, like myself, we, we long for fulfillment in life. Um, the next big fish, maybe, or, or the next uh, big personal best, or the next big deal that you closed, or the next big opportunity. And we think that that's going to be fulfilling. But what I found is that um, for each fulfillment that lasts for a moment, then I'm looking for the next. And if each thing in this world were basically fulfilling totally, well, then we would have a lot more satisfied people around us, right? Um, we might have a happier world and people would be nicer to each other, right? But that's because uh, we, we don't see those things because uh, most people are looking for, for fulfillment in what's right there in front of them at the moment. Abraham knew that he was longing for a place that was beyond this world. Abraham knew that faith required him to trust in God beyond the things that fulfilled him in the journey, in the moment. And there are going to be good things that fulfill you temporarily. But those are good things given to you by God. Those are good markers along your journey where he reminds you, hey, I'm with you. Hey, isn't this a good moment? Let's celebrate. I'm showing you my faithfulness. I'm showing you that I'm taking you to where I promised you I would get you. That's why we have those moments of fulfillment, of victory, of miraculous overcoming and things where God does that. He shows us his goodness along the way because he's leading us to the ultimate fulfillment of recognizing he is the one in whom we must find our total fulfillment. We must find our sense of purpose and satisfaction and direction for this life. The Bible says this, they longed for a better country. They longed for a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. People that look for a God-given vision, for him to speak into their life where he's taking them, what he desires for them, they go after that in a relentless way. It gives them purpose. It gives them fulfillment. It gives them direction. It gives them satisfaction. Because they are the kind of people that are longing for what God would give, what God would do. And the Bible says, if you're that kind of person and that's the kind of vision that you're desiring for your life, God is not ashamed to be called your God. God is not ashamed to call you his son or daughter, his child. God desires people who seek for him that way and for people who trust him that way, who desire that type of relationship and walk with him, who by faith want to be his follower in that way, he has prepared something great for them. That's a true promise for you today. Aren't you grateful for that? That's a promise, another one of those promises that can guide you in the midst of everything else. He has prepared something special, unique, and great just for you. That's who he is. That's his character, unchanging. That's what he does for those who trust him. There's fulfillment by him.
And I think one of the most challenging things for us as people, humanity, men and women, students, boys and girls, many of us in our lives, what happens is because we can't see far enough down the road, usually what we do is we settle for what we have in the moment. We settle for what we have temporarily, what feels good right now, instead of being able to say, you know, there's a better outcome. If you think about it in our lives, if you could see the future, if you could see the future of God's best for your life, if you could see that, and you look way enough down the road to go, God, you promised this. That's what you want. That's what you want for my finances. That's what you want for my health. That's what you want for my family. God, that's what you want for my job. God, that's what you want for my church. God, that's what you want for my future. If you could see far enough out there, which is what vision allows you to do, then you wouldn't settle for less, would you? You'd stay the course. You'd keep that sense of determination, fight, purpose. You'd acknowledge mistakes along the way and you wouldn't let them bind you up or chain you down and keep you back. No, you'd keep pressing. You'd keep moving. You'd keep looking for a place that's out there and you haven't gotten there yet, but you'd keep on striving, pressing. Like Paul says, I press on for the high upward calling of Christ Jesus in my life. You'd keep pressing on, right? That's what a vision does. And for you to redeem the time with your family, with your job, with your purpose and what you do in the midst of what you may think is mundane, with your money, your relationships, and your opportunities, ask God, God, I want to see a God-sized vision, a God-given vision for my life. And I want to chase after you, chase after that in the midst of all these things here. When you do that, a God-given vision will give you purpose, direction, and fulfillment in life. How do you find that? Well, for some of you today, perhaps you've never trusted in Christ personally. Maybe you've been religious. Um, maybe you've sought righteousness and right living on your own. But you've never surrendered your will, your heart, to the one who gives it to you. His name is Jesus. He is the Son of God. He is the one who died on the cross so that we would not have to. He's the one that removed the barrier to God so that we could enter into a relationship with a God that reached out to us first. If you never trusted Christ with all that you are, then maybe today you'd like to do that. And so I'd like for us to pray. Let's bow our heads this morning. Let's close our eyes wherever you are. Um, we're going to do business with God. And first and foremost, for some of you, it is to get right with God today through Christ because maybe you've never done that so if you know that's you today the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart that's how you know it's you because you sense this divine presence right now calling to you saying son daughter it's time for you by faith to enter into the journey with me if that's you I just want you to pray father in heaven thank you today for loving me thank you for speaking right now to my heart thank you for your son Jesus who came to save me and right now I surrender all that I am to enter into that saving relationship with you. I want to go on a journey with you and I want to follow Jesus my whole life. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Cleanse me and call me your child right now in Jesus' name. 
with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, then you have entered into the family of God, the family of faith. And we want to be a part of your family. So let somebody know that in just a moment as we get ready to conclude our services. But I want to talk to the children of God right now. Sons and daughters, everyone else who knew Christ when you came into this room. Do you have a God-given vision for your life? More important than anything else that you may be thinking about right now. Viruses, pandemics, shutdowns, difficulties, jobs, money. More important than anything else, relationships. Can you see what God is speaking to you about your life and what He desires? And if you can't, then I want to do one thing with you right now. I want you to ask Him. God, for every man, for every woman right now, every one of your children, they are your children. You are not far away. You're not distant. You're close. And so as they pray right now, God, give them a vision of your good, of blessing, of protection, of what you have promised to them long ago that you are going to fulfill. God, let them see just a glimpse right now so that they can pursue that with great purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction in all of their days as they walk with you. I'm thankful that you are a God that's that good and that loves us that much. And I pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Aren't you glad you came to church today? See, I... I've learned as a pastor here for you at this church that it's the vision of God that guides us and that has been guiding us through the last season of life. It's why we don't flinch. It's not always easy, right? We've walked through some challenges. Some of you are walking through them currently right now, and I know that. And you're not flinching by faith. You're actually still here because of faith. And God is guiding you just like he guided Abraham. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for his goodness. Um, today we're going to celebrate by finishing this service in worship. And, and what a great moment to express through worship to God how grateful we are for who he is. I, I want to thank you for your faithfulness, by the way, in giving. You've been very faithful this last year. And as we finalize and close out our books this upcoming week, I have some really great news to share with you next week. Some really amazing news to share with you on how faithful God was by how faithful also you have been. An amazing, amazing moment. So continue to do that as you start the new year with your tithes and your offerings. As you continue to help us rebuild and rework our home, thank you for being faithful to that. You can do that online and you see how to do that. Don't miss the moment of purpose to get plugged into community by group link. Don't miss the moment of purpose to build your relationship of faith by coming to Bible study on Wednesday evenings, by getting your kids into our children's ministry here at Calvary, our students. Don't miss the moment of faith to walk into church. Let me be real clear with you. The last season of life has given a lot of people a lot of excuses to walk out of church. Excuses stink and they destroy your life because they're not driven by vision. Grab a vision of what God can do for your life. Get back into the church that will feed that for you and watch how you soar because that's what a God-given vision will do for you. When the world falls apart, you're going to be okay. You're going to be better. You're going to be stronger. 
You're going to be healthier. You're going to move forward because that's what God does for those who seek Him. And I'm so grateful for you today. So why don't we stand to our feet? Everybody standing to your feet. And let's finish today's service with a song, an anthem from our heart, to praise a God who first has a vision as we pursue it for our lives. God bless you all. I'm so grateful you were here today.